Hey everyone, welcome to another episode. Come follow me, Disciples Journey. This episode will cover Alma chapters 45 and 46 for this week's Come Follow Me. Uh, so chapter 45 is kind of this insert type chapter uh, between the the, cha- the war in 43 and 44 and then the coming wars in 46 through the end of Alma, really. Um, and... What's interesting here is it seems like this is a unique thing, and I, I could be wrong, but this, the chapter heading, or not even the heading, but like the italicized pre-chapter heading um, that was written by Mormon, it says, The account of the people of Nephi and their wars and their dissensions in the days of Helaman, according to the record of Helaman. So we get a change in the record keeper here. Uh, from Alma to Helaman without changing books. We're still in Alma, uh, the book of Alma as we call it, uh, which is just interesting to note. And I think it's unique somewhat. Uh, we get another, we get a change in the book title when we get to Helaman, who's actually Helaman's son. So it's Alma's grandson that the book of Helaman is named after. But uh, back in chapters 36 and 37, Alma talking to his son Helaman, that's the Helaman that we're talking about here. And at the beginning of this chapter, we get uh, a father's interview with his son. And it's, I think, pretty insightful. He asks him with no pressure, uh, really, just what does he, where does he stand? What does he believe? And then he uh, shares his testimony with him. Uh, something interesting that I, f- I found in reading this this week was in, it's, comparing verse 1 of this chapter to verse 24 of this chapter. So it's the first verse compared to the last verse. So the first verse says, um, The people of Nephi were exceedingly rejoiced because the Lord had delivered them out of the hands of their enemies. Remember the war uh, between Moroni and Zarahemna. Therefore they gave thanks unto the Lord their God. Yea, they did fast much and pray much, and they did worship God with exceedingly great joy. So that's kind of the state that they're in, right? And this is in the 70th, this is 73 BC, roughly. We flip to the next page, it still is telling us it's about 73 BC. And so, no time has really passed here, and you get to verse 24, and it says, But they, the Nephites, grew proud, being lifted up in their hearts because of their exceedingly great riches. Therefore, they grew rich in their own eyes and would not give heed to, the word, to their words, the Helaman and his brothers, to walk uprightly before God. So, no... Not almost no time passes, and it's easy when you're reading this to think, man, how how thick can you be, guys? Come on now. But really, in, like, look at yourself, and look. At, I mean, when I ask and I say, look, when and when I look at myself, I see times like this all the time where I'm doing really good and things are just falling in line, and I'm diligent in my studies and my prayer and uh, you know temple worship and. And then things are and things are just going really well for me in life and uh, work and things and it's just like man life is easy this is great God is so good and then you know two months go by and I'm like man why is life so hard and I'm looking and it's like oh well like yeah we skip we haven't gone to the temple this month and we I mean obviously right now no one can go to the temple but I'm just 
for an example. And it's just like, you know, the little things and it's, uh, even on a day to day basis, you know, we get up and with my family and we, we've got four little kids, ages one to eight. And we try to study every morning together and read from the book of Mormon and pray together. And, but there'll be days where, you know, it'll be a little while later in the day and things will just be hectic and crazy at home and at work and we'll just be like, what the heck? Why? This is like a weird day. This is like, everything is chaotic. And then, you know, my wife will text me and say, we forgot to read as a family today before I left, like before I left for work. And it's like, how, how thick can you be guys? You know, right? (laughs) Like. Is just the del- the diligent every day, every day, every day things that can you don't do it one day and then you don't do it the next and suddenly it's been a month you know and a month turns into longer and and that's kind of the cycle that we as humans fall into and it it's easy to criticize the Nephites from two thousand years and reading their history in such a condensed fashion but it's the story of us if we don't if we're not careful right um, so. Alma then gives the records to his son. It's what's interesting is uh, he it notes that there, Alma just was never seen or heard from again. He just goes off into the desert uh, into the wilderness, and I just imagine you know the sunset going down, and Alma's just like got a pack like a, a pack on his back, not a backpack because you know I don't know where backpacks invented, but a pack on his back. That's that's probably a thing, um, and he's just like waving to his family, you know. And the sun's going down, and he's just headed off into the sunset. And then no one ever sees him again. And he basically, between this and then modern-day revelation, we learn, yeah, he was translated and just went to be with God. So that's cool. Um, Then what happens right after that, though, is interesting. What does his son do? Right after he's been given the the reins of he's the high priest he's covered he's covered he's in charge of the church now basically he's in charge of the record and it says now it came to pass in the commencement of the nineteenth year of the reign of the judges over the people of Nephi that Helaman went forth among the people to declare the word unto them. So what did he do? When did he went to teach them? And why did he go teach them? Because he saw that they were getting hardened, like we read in verse twenty four. So what did, where, did, where do you think he learned that from? He learned it from good old dad, right? Alma chapter 4, that he was going to try the virtue of the word of God. That's why Alma left the high, being the, high, uh, the chief judge. Uh, Alma chapter 31, verse 5, that the word had a more powerful effect on the mind than anything, even the sword, right? And so what did they do to the Zoramites? They didn't go fight them. They went to try to reclaim them with the gospel. So... Helaman sees this happening. What does he do? He goes out in amongst the people to teach the word. He, his dad had left a legacy. He had learned from his dad how to lead uh, and how to be the high priest and, and how to teach and uh, protect this, the souls of the, those whom he served. Uh, as we move into chapter 46, we get this. So uh, we're introduced to Amalekiah and so there's a bunch of people who are hardened and they are rejecting the words of Helaman, would not hearken. That's the first part of chapter 46. And their leader was a man named Amalekiah. He was, we're going to learn, he's just, he's, they're all cut out of the same cloth. I mean, they, it, whether it's Sherem or Nehor or Korahor or uh, Zeezrom even, who ended up con- repenting, that was good for him. 
or Amalekiah, you know, they're probably, you know, they're, it says they're strong and mighty men. They're all flat, use flattery and have, are cunning and have a really good con- handle on the, the language. And so they can just speak flowery, flattering words to people. And yeah, they're all, like I said, they're all, they probably all have just chiseled jawlines. I don't know. Just kidding. I, they're, but they're all, they're all cut out of the same cloth, right? They're appealing to men. And, uh, he's their leader and it's been 20 years since the transition from King Mosiah to the reign of the judges. 20 years. Think about what we've talked about in those 20 years. There was, uh, Nehor and, so priestcraft rising and there was the Amlicites and then there was a war with the Amlicites and Alma and Ammon and they go on their mission journeys and they come back and the Antinephi-Lehi's and there's their destruction and death and giving them to the land of Jershon and the Zoramites and then there was the war uh, between Moroni and Zarahemna like that's all in 20 years I think so from like the year 2000 to now all of that stuff fit crammed into their history that's what's happened that's how long we've that's how long we've journeyed in terms of time frame since alma was appointed the first chief judge uh and so i want to call your mind back to amlici in chapter two there is a shift in leadership so now we don't have a shift in uh leadership right now excuse me i don't know what i just said so i'm going to try to rephrase it we don't have a uh, a shift in leadership from the temporal, like governmental side right now, but we do have a shift in leadership in in the church. Uh, and remember that when there's a shift in leadership, lots of times when we see in the Book of Mormon, that's when we see some conflict. So that's one thing to keep in mind here. Also, remember that uh, these these guys that are dissenting from. Helaman not listening to him. They wanted to put Amalekiah as a king. And so we get some more of these guys later on in a few chapters, and they call themselves king men, right? They want to rule. I imagine that Amalekiah was... I I don't think that Amalekiah... I mean, again, this is my me personal opinion, but I'm just trying to put myself in the situation and look at it. If I was living in the time, what would it probably have looked like? You know, they've just had this war with the Lamanites, and... They let them go, right? They, Moroni offers le- this mercy. They make a covenant and they let him go. Malachiah, he wants to rule. He wants to rule over the whole the whole realm, the whole world of, of the Nephites and the Lamanites. And we see that when he becomes the leader of the Lamanites. Uh, and so I would imagine that he was probably in a, po- a position of power, some sort of ju- some sort of judgeship level, considering the, the types of people who are supporting him and who the types of people who support the kingmen later on. Um, and so I think he probably saw an opportunity where, Hey, wait, whoa, Moroni, the story comes back that Moroni just let him go. We could have conquered them and we could have taken over and we could have been ruler that we could have been the rulers of the Lamanites. Now, again, that wasn't the whole, that wasn't the purpose. And Nephi doesn't, uh, Moroni doesn't delight in the bloodshed of, of his brethren of men. He wasn't, he was just about defending his peace and his homeland and his religion, right? And their liberty, not about conquering. So Malachi gets, sees that and he's like, you know what? I could, we could do better. Like, give me the power and we'll go and take over and then we'll, we'll rule by peace. We'll, we'll have peace through this just power and strength that they'll be our s- slaves and so they can't come to battle against us. Um, that's kind of just the way I, I imagine this happening. Again, my opinion on that. But uh, So they do the same thing that they did in Alma chapter 2, though. And they 
And when I say that, what I mean is there's a, st- a strong contingent of people who started supporting Amlicai, right? And wanted to prop him up. Same thing. Malachi gets this big following and they want to prop him up as this leader. And Moroni sees this happening. And so what he what does he do? He, this is where we get the, the title of liberty. And he rips a piece of his, his, rent a piece of his coat. He writes on it, right? And what does he write? What is it for? And it's, it's his creed. It's about, it's all about defense. It's not about committing offense. It's about defending freedom. It's about defending their faith and their liberty and their families and their homes. And he rallies people around it. And they have this, they have something to rally around. And uh, this is interesting too, just that there's this mention of Christians. It's the first mention of Christians. Uh, historically, as a matter of fact, because the first mention of the word Christian in the New Testament comes after Christ's ascension back into heaven. It is in, oh, guys, why'd you put me on the spot here? Just kidding, I put myself on the spot. Uh, Acts 2, maybe, something like that. And But it's after the ascension of Christ back into heaven. But here we have 73 years before Christ's birth, them referring to themselves as Christians, those who are followers of Christ. And Moroni, being their leader, says, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to defend. And uh, President Benson talked about the title Liberty. He said, In that sacred volume of Scripture, the Book of Mormon, we note that the great prolonged struggle for liberty. We also note the complacency of the people and their frequent willingness to give up their liberty for the promise of a would-be provider. Moroni, like the prophets whose words are recorded in the Book of Mormon, spoke of the Americas as a chosen land, the land of liberty. He led the people to in battle who were willing to fight and uh, to maintain their liberty. And the record states that he caused the title of liberty to be hoisted upon every tower which was in the land, unless Moroni planted the standard, standard of liberty among the Nephites. This is our need today, to plant the standard of liberty among our people throughout the Americas. While this incident occurred some 70 years before or BC, the struggle went on through 1,000 years covered by the Sacred Book of Mormon. In fact, the struggle for liberty is a continuing one. It is with us in a very real sense today. He also said, Improve your community by active participation and service. Remember in your civic, remember in your civic responsibility that the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for the good men to do nothing. Do something meaningful in defense of your God, given freedom and liberty. Uh, and that's what Moroni did, is he rallied the people around that and to do something good. And what ends up happening is he, he gets a lot of these cities to join in, and they, they realize and they recognize that um, this need for them to stand up and do something. They could have, you know, thought, oh, Moroni can take care of that. And it's just a Malachi, how many people can that be? But what, I mean, even even though they did stand up, we can see what happens when, when with one wicked man and his followers and he gets over to the Lamanites and what he's able to do. But Moroni is, has them rallied so that when that happens, they are ready to stand for their freedom. So that when chapter 48 comes and 49 and 50, when the war really starts happening, these people are ready to defend their, their liberty, defend their uh, religious freedom, defend their families and their homes. Uh, he's, he has them rallied around that. Uh, he then goes on, Moroni, to teach them about a prophecy from Joseph of Egypt and that they uh, that, that a part of their, his coat was rent and that uh, would be, it would be, was ruined and that he was warning them that they didn't want to be 
that that portion of his seed that would be ruined and said we need to stand up now so they go and they face the uh, Amalekites, Amalekiahites. That's a mouthful, Amalekiahites. And the Amalekiahites, they re- start to get a little afraid, realizing that, wait a second, everyone in our country, all of our countrymen, they're rallying around freedom and liberty. Do we really want to be against freedom and liberty? It says they they were doubtful concerning the justice of the cause in which they'd undertaken. They started to question and doubt it. And so Amalekiah realizes he's got to bounce. And so he, uh, get, they get cut off by the armies of Moroni before they can, uh, make it out of the land. But Malachi is able to weasel his way out with a few people and get over to the land of the Lamanites. And we'll pick up his story in the next chapter. Uh, and, but Moroni says that it came to pass that whosoever of the Malachiites that would not enter into a covenant to support the cause of freedom, that they might maintain a free government, he caused to be put to death. And they're, were few there are few who denied the covenant of freedom. So again, Moroni goes and says, "Listen, you are going to not only withdraw from your purposes, but you're going to covenant to fight for freedom and liberty. Because what's about to happen? The the seeds of dissent that have been sown are going to come home to roost here, and uh, you're going to you have to covenant that you will defend freedom." And a few of them didn't, and he put them to death. And it's, you know, some people have misconstrued this to mean that uh, these people were maybe pacifists. And he they he he killed people who refused to fight and who refused to defend the liberty. Well, these weren't pacifists. These were people who had already joined Malachi's army and were w- willing to fight the Nephites and who were willing to go join the Lamanites. That's where they were on their way when they got stopped. So these are not people who are pacifists. These are people who had committed high treason, who, uh, you know, in, in basically every country in the history of mankind, that is a crime punishable by death. Um, they'd committed treason. So, uh, and it came to pass, there were many who died firmly believing that their souls were redeemed by the Lord Jesus Christ. So there's this time in it, in, Mormon makes sure to mention that, all right, there's even though there's this craziness going on, there were people who, for in large measure, we're firm in the faith of Jesus Christ. Uh, the end of chapter 46 is, an, is a funny one because uh, Mormon says, and there were some who died with fevers, which at some seasons of the year were very frequent in the land. And then he gets, it's one of these points where I think you, you see that Mormon doesn't have an eraser on metal plates because he says there are people who died with fevers. Wait, but not so much uh, so with fevers because of the excellent qualities of the plants and the roots, which God prepared. So he's like, wait, actually, no, that's not why they died. They died for other reasons. And there was lots of, there was medicinal, uh, you know, herbs and things that the Lord had prepared to keep them from dying from fever. So they died from, they didn't really die from fevers. It wasn't that. Just ignore what I said before. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Uh, but they were died of old age. And those who died in the faith of Christ are happy uh, in him, as we must need suppose. And so Mormon adds this little interlude here saying, even though it were crazy times, even with scent and people leaving the country and this, this treason, there were good people who followed Christ. And we can we can take heart in that, right? And no matter where we live and the crazy times that we live and what's going on around us in our neighborhoods, our cities and our states or, uh, or principalities, whatever, or that's the wrong word, I don't know, just countries, everything, wherever we are, no matter what's going on in them, we, we can be like these people. And, uh, and be firm in the faith of Jesus Christ. So, 
that is this episode. Thanks for listening. I hope you'll join me in next episode. We will be discussing chapters 47 and 48. We're going to kind of discuss the uh, comparison between Amalekiah and, and Moroni, the contrast between wicked and righteous leaders. And uh, I hope you'll join me in that episode and the uh, other episodes this week discussing the war chapters uh, or portion thereof in the Book of Mormon. Thanks for listening, everyone, and uh, happy reading.